0: You're listening to audio from St. Luke Church in Lexington, Kentucky. If you'd like to learn more or donate to this ministry, please check out our website at stlukelex.com. Have you ever been there? You say things like, I'm done. It's time for something else. Sure you have. Everyone gets there. Burnout is the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual exhaustion of a person by way of prolonged and excessive stress. So what do we do? Thankfully, God offers us a model from the prophet Elijah to experience the symptoms of burnout which left him underneath a broom tree. Join us this new year as we journey together in the best New Year's resolution of all to be healthy and spiritually vitalized again. Hey, everybody. First week, full week of the new year, 2023. How'd it go? Wow. Okay, good. Sounds... Life-altering. Awesome. Uh, I hope it was a good start to your new year. I would love it as we start this new teaching series called Burned Out Today for you to do a little New Year's reflecting, and I'm going to put this up on the screen here. Take a look at these, and here's what I want you to think about. Do I feel, think these things more than, we'll call it, half of the time, pretty regularly? We'll take a moment, think about it, see which ones feel like you. okay did you get a chance need a little more time this is a place of grace all right here's the thing i am not a medical doctor i will own that but if you find that you have five or more of these symptoms regularly in your life i would bet if you really look deep you're experiencing burnout or you're well on your way anybody surprised by this okay that it's quiet means we've either sunk something into your soul heart uh, mind here this morning Uh, you're completely shocked or you're saying I don't know if I want to go there and so burnout happens in cycles it happens in seasons and here's what's interesting about it I I think as American people anyway what, what we tend to do is go if I can just get through are you with me So if I can just get through junior sports season, if I can just get through this time at work that's really busy because it's budget time or it's crunch time or whatever time it is, and then you think the next season is going to get better, but then you find yourself saying again, if I can just make it until. And we do this repetitively over and over and over again. And before you know it, you find that multiple symptoms just like these show up and you find yourself in a place of burnout. And here's what I want to share with you. I've been there. I've been a pastor for 21 years, and two times uh, as I've been a pastor, I I could name a number of those symptoms. And you're like, well, wait a minute. You're supposed to be super healthy and super pastor. I'm just not. You better look for another pastor. Okay? So I I deal with this just like you do. And what is so fascinating is, I mean, they have us do so much continuing education to make sure that we don't ever get to this place. And yet, all along the way, you're saying, Well, that's not me. Surely not. In fact, I remember one time, this is some time ago, after a really long season at church and trying to grow and and work with people and so on and so forth, I was for the first time on the top of this mountain. This is actually the mountain. And I didn't have a meeting, I didn't have somebody to help, Uh, I didn't have uh, something to do at the office, I didn't have children or what, nobody is around, nobody is standing there on this range, and I came there to hit golf balls because that's kind of my getaway and I, I love to do that. And all of a sudden I went, I just really don't care about doing this right now, and I just sat down right there and I cried. And I thought... I mean, you know better. What are you doing? Totally exhausted and just thinking, like, do I want to keep doing this? You ever been there? You know, here's what's interesting. In 2020, for a lot of you, if you're in the medical community, this is not you, but in 2020, for a lot of people, life just stopped and you took inventory of what was important in your life. You, know, you realize that life is short and it's fleeting and so on and so forth, a- and you realize, oh my goodness, what, what really matters in this life? Well, my faith and my family and, and some of these other things that are so important to me. And so what a lot of folks did, we found in 2020, was they took stock of their lives and they started, sort of started to divest their lives of the things that were just busy activity. And then what happened was from 2020 to 2021 you kind of lived in this new pattern and I found maybe this is true in your life maybe it's not think about it for just a minute in 2022 people just went yeah let's go and they jump back in and the kids are super busy and I've got more projects at work and I've signed on to do 15 things and as people have approached the end of the year they said oh my gosh I'm just so tired so what if, what if in the start of 20 to 2023, you resolve to stop living on the edge of burnout and engage in a healthier, happier, God-filled kind of life? What if that were your New Year's resolution? And so this series, what we're going to do is look at the story of Elijah. And a total upfront confession, Elijah is one of my favorite uh, characters in the Bible. One of my favorite people in all of God's history. And so we're going to take a look at this passage. It comes from 1 Kings chapter 19. I always like to tell people ahead before we read something, funky words, because the Old Testament has plenty of those. Have you ever noticed this? Yeah, so we're going to talk about Ahab. We're going to talk about Jezebel, who you may have heard of. And the name of the city is called Beersheba. Some scholars would say Beersheba. It just depends on which one you want to go with. We're going to say either's okay. In this house. All right, let's read it together with some chutzpah. Here we go. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so may the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then he was afraid and he arose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree, and he asked that he might die, saying, It is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. So for many of you, this might be your first encounter with Elijah. So we have to ask ourselves the question, who's Elijah? What did he do? What was he all about? And, and in beginning, what, what's most important to know is Elijah's name His name means, my God is the Lord. And in the ancient world, when you named a child, it was like appointing them for a specially uh, called divine destiny. So I imagine when Elijah's father named him, Elijah's mom and dad named him, my God is the Lord, there's this recognition that Elijah is going to have a very special purpose in life. And his purpose is that of a prophet. Let me tell you something, if ever you did one of those tests in high school where it told you what you're supposed to do with the rest of your life, you did not want to be a prophet. That was one of those where it came up, you're like, oh, um, I don't know. Because more often than not, prophet meant you're going to die. Stoning, being sawed in two, thrown off cliffs, I mean, all kinds of bad stuff was going to happen to you. Because I want you to think of a prophet as being like the truth police for culture. And what the prophet would do is look into the culture and ask God, how much does the culture align with your desires for the people? And if 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 the two weren't in alignment, the prophet would bring forth a lawsuit. Quite literally, not in a courtroom, but a prophetic lawsuit. It's called, if you want to know the technical term, it's called a reeb. Not this kind, but anyway. They would bring forth a lawsuit, and more often than not, the prophet would end up in the king's palace saying to the king, hey, listen, you're leading your people astray, this is not going well, it's not going to end well for you, foreign invaders are going to come from the other side of the world, they're going to take over the kingdom, they're going to kill your kids, they're going to wipe out the kingdom, and it's going to be your fault. Who wants that job? No way. No way, so Elijah, my God is the Lord, he's a prophet who speaks for the people, and he's brought lawsuit after lawsuit against Israel, and one of his main foes has been King Ahab. Now, King Ahab, undoubtedly one of the most wicked, evil kings, and his wife was not much better, maybe even worse, in all of Israel's history. And this whole battle that he and King Ahab have culminates in what I call the ultimate spiritual who's-your-daddy battle. Now, here's what happens. King Ahab has been trying to lead the people of Israel astray by worshiping one of the Canaanite gods, the god of fertility and lightning. And it's funny how those two things fit together, yes? You'll catch that in about five minutes from now. So, the Canaanite god of fertility and lightning is the god Baal. Some of you have heard it pronounced Baal. And all around the countryside of Israel, there have been all sorts of altars set up to Baal to worship this God of fertility and lightning. And Elijah's been saying over and over, that's not who we worship, Israel. We worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so finally, there's this ultimate who's your uh, daddy spiritual battle that that gets uh, made, and it's going to happen on the top of Mount Carmel. And here's what's going to happen. 450 prophets of baal are going to come to the top of the mountain and elijah the one prophet of god is going to come to the top of the mountain and there's going to be a sacrifice and whichever god consumes the sacrifice that's the real god so elijah lets the 450 prophets of baal go first and uh you know they're cutting themselves and singing and dancing and trying to get baal to consume the sacrifice and of course he's not because he's not real and, uh, and then when this happens, Elijah starts taunting them. He says things like, well, maybe you need to l- yell louder. Or my personal favorite, maybe he's out relieving himself. And so nothing happens, and Elijah digs a trench, pours water over the sacrifice three times. God consumes the sacrifice by fire, and the people of Israel say, the Lord is God, the Lord is God, and they begin to worship God again. Now we would think, we would think winning the ultimate spiritual who's your daddy battle on the top of the mountain would be like the greatest moment in all of elijah's history and he would see all of the cameras come by and say i'm going to disney world afterwards but that is not what happens in fact he runs and we read this he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree and he asked that he might die Saying, it is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. And here's what I want to ask. How do we go from standing on mountaintops to sitting underneath broom trees? Happens that quick, doesn't it? Where all of a sudden, everything that you chased in your life, getting the deal, teaching the students... Caring for aging parents, being retired, whatever it is, how is it that all of this stuff that we've chased and the top of the mountain experience that we've just had, it turns into one of the most broken times in our lives? It happens just that quick sometimes, doesn't it? And so he's stuck underneath this broom tree in the wastelands of Israel. You know, when we think about, we use the word desert, and we tend to get this picture of sand and so on and so forth. But in Israel, it's lots of rock and dust, and there's some trees just like this one every once in a while. This is a broom tree. And the good part about the broom tree is you could cut some of the wood off, and the embers and ash that burned from this tree, it stayed hot for quite some time. So you could lay down next to it and survive in a pretty cold evening um, relatively well. But Elijah went from the top of a mountain to underneath a a broom tree that fast. And the beautiful part about it is that God uses it as a wake-up call. And this is what happens the starting place to recovering from burnout. Step one for your life is very simple. You gotta realize it. You gotta realize it. Something's off. This doesn't work. I'm out of balance. I'm trying too hard to please other people. I'm a perfectionist. My life requires change. I've chased the wrong thing. I'm exhausted. Whatever it is, first step, to change in your life in this new year is the hardest you got to realize it i mean elijah came to that point praying you know i've had enough i'm no better than my ancestors in fact we might translate it this way he strongly wanted and commanded god saying it's too great seize my very life god and make me die and realize from mount carmel to the place, uh, Beersheba, where he's underneath this broom tree, is 113 miles. And realize, he doesn't have a Ford or a Chevy or even a Schwinn. It's really funny what we do when we're at a place like that in our lives, isn't it? Because Mount Carmel, mountain range, there's trees everywhere. He could have found any old tree, but he goes 113 miles just so Jezebel won't get the credit for killing him. He'd rather have God do that. It's really funny what we do when we get to this kind of stress and burnout in our lives. The different choices that we make, isn't it? If you find yourself doing things, you'd say, this is not even rational or logical or or good. It's outside the boundaries for my life. I'm engaging in behavior that's unhealthy. Maybe it's time to realize it. Something's off. In fact, later on in our story that we're going to study uh, for the next few weeks, Elijah goes so far as to say, I'm the only one left, and this is a a speech between he and God, I'm the only one left, I've tried hard, everybody's against me, and they're going to kill me too, I've failed. You ever felt like that? Like you're the only one left? Like if you stop doing whatever you're doing, the plates would stop spinning, the world would stop revolving, and, and everything would just completely shut down. Here's the thing, it's not true. I mean, unless your name is Jesus, and I'm really looking forward to meeting you, like, face to face. Not true. So what is burnout? Burnout is the physical, mental, emotional, relational, and spiritual exhaustion that comes by way of prolonged and excessive stress. And Elijah's life was filled with all sorts of stress. Like I told you, profit is not the job that you want. Telling kings, you're leading people astray, astray, not what you want. Confronting people over and over, not what you want. Your life on the run, not what you want. And Elijah did it. He did it all. He raised uh, children from the dead. He prayed that God would hold up the heavens and it wouldn't rain for six months. And God did, and yet he's stuck under this broom tree. Well, how do we get there? It starts with stress how many people have stress in their lives okay all of you who didn't raise your hand i'm sorry i love you but you're lying some of you are like oh i'm retired i don't have stress yeah you do you take care of your grandkids or you over volunteer or whatever some of you're like well you know i i manage it sometimes sometimes maybe not as much So everybody has stress. It doesn't matter how young or how old you are. Kids, you have some stress to deal with. They're called teachers. We'll leave that one right there. Okay? And then what happens is stress becomes unhealthy, and what happens is there's a lack of balance in your life. So too much work, not enough play. Lots of activity, but not enough rest. And this lack of balance turns into cynicism. In fact, show me a sarcastic person and I'll show you somebody filled with all kinds of anger from a lack of balance. Anger and cynicism. And so from that cynicism, all of a sudden it's this, this... They couldn't do it without me. Just wait until I leave or I withdraw. This world, it won't continue to function. Those people, they don't know what they would be missing. And so people start to slowly withdraw... And they isolate themselves, and now there's no prophet in their life to tell them the truth, and your community is gone, and then before you know it, you start to make really bad decisions, and before you know it, you're at a place of utter and total burnout like Elijah, and you say, I'm just done. We tend to think that we got there really fast, And yet, if you look back through the story, you realize it was actually a slow walk to get there. Maybe not 113 miles, but a slow walk to get there. And so as you reflect on this process and as you think about your life and step one of realizing it, here's what I want to encourage you to do. Leadership guru uh, Simon Sinek says, when you find yourself stuck in a place of powerful realization, of of recognizing the need for change, one of the great tools you can use in your life is to ask why five times. Five times ask why. So five times, why is there no balance in my life? Well, because the work never stops. Well, why why, why doesn't the work ever stop? Because I never put the phone down. Well, why do I never put the phone down? Well, nobody else can get the job done. Why can nobody else get the job done? Because I haven't shared my limitations that actually by 630 at night or whatever the time is, I'm not going to continue to do emails or take phone calls. Well, why don't I do that? Because at the end of the day, really, I'm a people pleaser. Now you got something. Or at the end of the day, I don't think anybody else can do it better than me because really I'm a perfectionist. Well, now you've got something to work on. Elijah was so filled with action all the time in his life. I think what he missed out on was something beautiful that Jesus teaches us throughout the New Testament. He goes out and heals people like crazy and preaches sermons, and then you know what the Gospels tell us? He went away to a lonely place to rest and to pray and to seek his Father, and to find balance, and to be renewed in his joy so he wouldn't become cynical. Well, he's fully God, Brian. Totally agree. Like, let's not miss that. But what a model for us. Take an inventory of your life and the symptoms and the stages I've given you this morning and ask yourself why. Why? You know, maybe, maybe you're just stuck at a lack of balance, or maybe you're just stuck at cynicism, or, or maybe even at stress. But what if you managed this in your life better and sought God for help? Because here's what me- the medical community is linking to burnout. Three physical symptoms gastrointestinal problems cardiovascular problems and musculoskeletal problems and so if you've got heart or gut or you're aching everywhere I want you to ask yourself in the midst of this new year why? why am I dealing with this? why is this going on in my life? why is the stress unmanaged? why isn't there a lack of balance? why do I find myself sarcastic all the time or angry all the time or sad or lonely? And realize what's going on. Because the thing I'm hearing is people are swamped. How about you? I'm so busy. I can't get to church on Sunday. You have no idea how busy I am. That's the one day that I can catch up. I can't pray. I can't read my Bible. I need those 10, 15, 20 minutes extra time in the morning to sleep because I grind it until 11 30 or midnight and I give myself seven hours of sleep but I've got to get to work by eight and you just have no idea. You're right. I don't. I haven't lived your life and I'll, I'll own that but I do know this. Burnout is the physical, mental, emotional, relational, and spiritual exhaustion that comes by way of prolonged and excessive stress and the first step to making a change in your life that God longs to author is this. You've got to realize it. I stood on the top of that mountain that day and I realized I needed to make some changes. And if it meant that the church I was serving didn't grow as fast, or I couldn't meet every need of the people, or we didn't get as far as I wanted to, or my overachieving perfectionist self didn't hit all of this, the possible benchmarks along the way, you know what? That was just going to have to be okay. There's only one perfect person. And while I got five letters in my name, it sure ain't Jesus. How about you? As you start 2023, here's what I want you to hear. If you're struggling, if you find yourself in a place without balance or you're teetering on the edge of burnout, you don't have to live this way anymore. Let us help you. Let us walk with you. And even more, let the Holy Spirit empower you in a new journey in this new year. Deal? Let's pray. God, thank you for your love, for your faithfulness for the fact that you never give up on us, for the example you set for us in times of rest and refreshing to find balance. And God, uh, today we learn from Elijah that we're all, even the greatest of your prophets, susceptible to coming to burnout in our lives. And so God, today, whether we feel we're just at a place of stress or or maybe we, we even find ourselves cynical or sarcastic or angry, Maybe we've withdrawn and and are isolating ourselves. Maybe we're even teetering on the edge of burnout. God, we pray you'd help us to wake up and realize it. And so Jesus, we turn to you today to speak into our lives, to grant us your grace, to help us author something new. We long to be your people. We long for hope and healing and wholeness that comes only in and through relationship with you. Help us become unashamedly passionate for you and let the things of this world that we so often run so hard after, help us let them go. We thank you. We love you. We give you our lives. We pray it. And through the name of Jesus Christ, amen.